Predators versus Avalanche game two tonight. Today, we're going to talk about what the Preds need to do to get back on the right track. Plus, are there any lineup decisions you want to see made? Maybe somebody comes in, maybe somebody goes out. Uh, we will talk about that. Plus, the, still the mystery in goal. Uh, we'll talk about who we want to see starting in net. Uh, and what's with this whole narrative about the Predators gooning it up? That's something that's really bothered me over the course of this series. We're going to talk about that today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. So, good so. news. Uh, I don't think tonight could go any worse than Tuesday night. We've got that going for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, I say that, and it'll wind up being like a 12 nothing game or something like that. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Um, no, I, I'd maybe that's maybe that's the first question. It, it mm-hmm. can't be as bad as, as game one, right? I love how we actually have to ask it out loud. Yeah. No, I don't think it could be as bad as game one because absolutely nothing went well for the Nashville Predators and of their own doing. Not saying that the Avalanche didn't come out and play a fantastic game. They did. But the Nashville Predators did literally nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were present, but they were not accounted for. Yeah, it was one of those situations where the Preds helped the Avalanche. It was like a perfect score. Oh, yeah. A perfect storm. The Avalanche came out on fire mm-hmm. uh, by, you know, all accounts from our Avalanche people, the kind of the best all-around hockey mm-hmm. they've played. And then we compounded that with the worst all-around hockey the Preds have paid, or played in yep. quite some time. Uh, so it seemed like a perfect storm there. Um, yeah, I mean – if the Predators come out with the same effort in game two as they had in game one, um, they have bigger problems than whether or whether or not they're going to win this particular playoff series. Um, yeah, I would agree. That that was an embarrassment. Like it was, oh, a, gosh. it was a complete embarrassment and really interested to see how the Predators recover from this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah. if, they, if they can't get up for this game, then, you know, whoops there's nothing there well and i think what is so startling about how poorly the game one went and how much nashville as a franchise needs game two to be different is that i think if it's not different than game one there are going to be repercussions rumbling through the franchise if the predators perform as poorly as they did in game one and i'm talking potentially big repercussions for the franchise. So Nashville has to come out. And I mean, just the odds are that we're going to come out better, right? I mean, like just, right? (laughs) I mean, you know, again, I come back to, can we play any worse? Let's not throw it out there, but 
this has to be a different kind of game for Nashville. It simply has to be a different game. I'm not saying the Predators are going to come out and smoke the avalanche 6 nothing, 6-2. You know, I don't necessarily think we're going to flip-flop this story that way. But we've got to do something. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's one of those situations where I think the my dog wants to chime in. Um, you know, I think it's one of those situations where – the Predators, this is kind of your message to the world, so mm-hmm. to speak, game two, especially the start of game two. Yes. Um, you know, everybody's laughing at you. You were the laughing stock of the playoffs going in. Uh, and and now you're definitely the laughing laughing stock <laughs> after game one. So right. the world is on you. Like everybody who already thought this was going to be a sweep by Colorado, they have doubled down. Like yes. they have doubled down. So if you're the Predators, what are you going to do now that everybody's eyes are on you and everybody expects this to be a quick series? Yeah. Like what what is that response going to be? Um, and I need to see it from the team, but I need to see it from a lot of individuals too. Um, because you know, we, we talked about this a lot. There's a lot of individuals who have been here before mm-hmm. uh, and who have had a history of being key guys in the playoffs that did not show up for this game. Yes. I mean, that list of who didn't show up for this game, you know, for game one is very long. And it's not just like you said, it is not just the young guys who, you know, haven't had a ton of playoff experience. We've talked in Nashville about playoff Ryan Johansson. I mean, he's a whole next level oftentimes in the playoffs where you look at him and you're like, where have you been all season? He's had a great season. I am ready for playoff Ryan Johansson to show up tonight. Can't wait. Would love to see it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people too, you know, Mikhail Granlin, uh, mm-hmm. we, we talked about him, uh, um, you know, towards the end of the season was maybe the hottest Predators player mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, and he was very quiet. You know, we talked yes. about him having such a good two way game and we didn't really see that in game one. Um, that's somebody we need to step up. We talked about Matias Ekholm already uh, such a, you know, disappointing all around performance from him. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know what, even, you know, guys like Matt Duchesne, he had the two goals, you know, he sort of (laughs) threw it in the face of the Colorado avalanche crowd. That was great. It was Um, amazing, but he had some lapses too. Roman Yossi, Mm -hmm. you know, here's the thing, you know, you're going against the guy that all of, you know, the microstats people, all of the people who like to sound cool online, um, have him off their Norris ballot for some reason uh, in favor of a guy you're going against in this series. And Yossi didn't really come out and perform. No. I mean, Yossi had a pretty bad defensive game. He was getting beaten, beat left and right, you know, down the wing, off the rush. So, you know, th- there's definitely a lot of players who need to step up. Yes. And, you know, defensively, we've got to have a much better performance and not just from the defensemen, although that's a whole segment in and of itself, if yeah. we really wanted to break it all down. But and you know, players and we don't. Yeah. Nobody would rather be doing anything else right now. Yeah. Nick is out of rum, people. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, there, there's going to have to be a uh, OH liquor run. 
Uh, yes. Here before tonight's game. It is Cinco yeah. de Mayo, so maybe. There you go. Maybe I'll show up tomorrow with like remnants of a margarita. I would love that. That would be great. I think, you know, hopefully we won't need that. But players like Tanner Janot, players like Yakov Trenin, who are foundational players, they are identity players, they are put in in big moments to reset things for this team. They were beat so badly several times defensively, and you can't you can't have that kind of breakdown, especially against a team like Colorado with so many weapons, and expect to come out of it unscathed. So everybody is going to have to step up in a defensive way. And could we just generate some offense? I mean, Philip Forsberg only had two shots in game one. And neither one of them hit the post, so I don't know what was yeah. going on. <laughs> so, you know, let's go, guys. Let's go. Yeah, uh, I think we need help from everybody. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the herd line because that in, in sort of the identity of this team, because that leads me into the question I want to get to in a second, which is lineup decisions. Is there anything specific that you want to see um, coming up in this game too? Because that is a big debate right now. Mm -hmm. So want to get to that in a second, but first want to mention today's show brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. Uh, they have a product called AG one i use it pretty much every single day as long as i have some in store uh i was very very skeptical of ag1 i've talked about this a bunch it's a green powder uh i was very skeptical of the taste of the texture all pretty much you know anything having to do with a green powder they sent me a, a free case about a month ago i started taking it just to see what it was like uh and uh, i my biases proved to be wrong because this is delicious. It tastes great, which it doesn't look like it should, but it tastes delicious. And I noticed after I started taking it, I have more mental focus, more clarity. I'm not having to rush into bed at three o'clock to have a midday nap to recharge for hockey shenanigans at night. So yeah, it's AG1 has definitely uh, made my days go a lot smoother. So a lot of you may be asking, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your recovery, focus, aging, pretty much everything. Uh, a lot of people complain about the price, but break it down. It's less than $3 a day. Yeah, that's cheaper than going to Starbucks every single day for your morning coffee habit. And you're investing in yourself. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements different pills, different powders, all of that. Nope. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for you and your body. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Again, it's just one scoop, a cup of water every day, and that's it. That has you backed up. That does, you know, you don't need a million different pills and supplements. You just need one scoop of AG1 and a cold cup of water. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So, Anne, one thing I want to see lineup-wise um, of tonight 
I would really love to see the return of Ellie Tolvanen. Oh, yes. And 100%. I, and here's the thing. When the when we found out Tolvanen was going to be scratched, you know, a lot of people went back to the Luke Cunning versus Ellie Tolvanen debate. You and I have had that several times. But to me, the more telling thing was that Tolvanen was scratched in favor of Matthew Olivier. Now, I love Matthew Olivier. He's sure. One of the most fun Preds. Um, you know, before Tanner Janot was even called up, Olivier mm -hmm. was the original OG winger on the herd line. Like right. he was the, the granddaddy of the herd line. So he knows how to play his role. It's just the thing. It's it, it didn't work. Like, you no. know, I, I completely understand why John Hines brought him into the lineup. Like I understand the reason for it. You know, you want somebody to play that physical brand of hockey in that bottom six and maybe Tolvanen or Cunnan don't necessarily provide you with that in, in, in you know, your bottom role. So I, I, from that end, I totally understand. But, you know, watching the game is just like it, it didn't work. No, you know, it, it, didn't it, work. It, it didn't work at all. Like, you know, yeah, he was physical. Yeah, he stirred the pot. But he didn't have any impact on the actual game itself, I feel like, other than just kind of being an annoyance for the other team. Um, so for me, the thing with Tolvanen, he's not had a great season. We know that, at least offensively. Mm -hmm. um, but he does have a little bit of an offensive spark. Like we know we have seen it. Um, it hasn't been there this season, but we've seen it. We know but it's there. We know it's there, but it's also, I think, defensively. Defensively, he's really, really sound. Um, and I would love to see them maybe just rip the Band-Aid off and give him a chance tonight. I agree with that 100%. And I kind of questioned the Matthew Olivier in, in for Tolvin and thing as well. And I'm like, I'm with you. You know, Matthew Olivier is really fun to watch. But he is, in a lot of ways, a one-dimensional player. You know exactly what he's in the lineup for. And you're not going to get a ton more out of him. He's not going to surprise you with his offensive output. He's just not going to do that. And if you look at Ellie Tolvanen over this season and you look at things like hits, he's one of the top players on the Nashville Predators team in hits. So this is somebody who does play to the identity. He does play a physical game. He is very smart defensively and offensively. And, you know, yeah, he has not. I mean, he really has struggled offensively, but at least you stand a chance. Like, you know, there is potential with Tolvanen. Worst case scenario, he's somebody you know you can throw into the power play unit and it is of a benefit to you. He fits more roles than Olivier does. And I'm baffled that he was a healthy scratch in the first game and I will be baffled and pissed quite frankly, <laughs> if we don't see him in game two, because I really feel like he has a better all around game than Matthew Olivier and quite frankly, than Luke Cunning. Yeah. If Tolvin is not in the lineup tonight, uh, I think that basically signals what's going to happen this off season. 
yeah. uh, with Ellie Tolvanen because you, you've seen it kind of down the stretch. This is almost like, remember when Victor Arvidsson just kind of oh, disappeared yeah. into the background uh, yeah. at the end of last year. And it was just like, you know, Heinz, he just wasn't a fit in Heinz's system. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of seeing that a little bit with Ellie Tolvanen. You know, it's he, for whatever reason, just doesn't fit into what John Hines wants to do, which is very weird because yeah. it, it's he seems to have the tools to be able to do what Hines wants to do. Yes. It's just for whatever reason, he's not getting the chance to do it every day. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like, you know, it's. With Victor Arvidsson last year, I feel like it was a very easy thing to look at his style of play and his game and say, yeah, that doesn't necessarily jive with the direction that Heinz is taking this team. But when you look at Ellie Tolvanen and his skill set, I don't see that. And so it makes me wonder, is there something else going on behind the scenes? Is there some sort of um, strife? Strife. Is there some sort of miss? in some sort of a a mental game capacity or not just not clicking because I can't figure out a narrative where it's Ellie Tolvanen's game that is keeping him out of the lineup. Like it was, you know, like we said with Victor Arvidsson, that was a pretty obvious one. I really feel like this is a mystery to me and I think there's more to it. On the other end of the spectrum, another guy, another lineup change I would want to see that's not necessarily a lineup change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I guess, a shuffle. I would like to see Philip Tomasino used a little bit more, uh, a mm-hmm. little bit in a bigger role. Uh, we've talked about this throughout the season. Uh, Philip Tomasino, they, they've kind of kept the training wheels on him this year. Uh, he's kind of been on the fourth line, just sort of around 10 minutes of games, power play uh, here and there. Uh, and, you know, it's like, the, I, yeah, I mean, it's because of his size. It's because he's not up to speed on defense yet because he's only 20 years old and all that makes sense. But I think down the stretch of the season, you've seen Tomasino get better and better yes. pretty much every single week. Um, and you know, certainly if you, if you're looking at his, you know, development graph this year, it's mm-hmm. definitely not a straight line. There's definitely some ups and downs, but it's kept going up. And it's yes. He's trending in the right way. Yeah. It's way up here when he was down here earlier. Um, and I personally thought he was one of the Pred's better players in game one. Um, so I would like to see him maybe utilize a little bit more. I'm not saying he has to be like your first line guy or anything, but maybe like give him 15, 16 minutes tonight. You know, you don't have to have him on the, you know, the, the penalty kill or anything like that. You right. don't have to start him in the defensive zone. Um, I would love to see him with Mikhail Granlund. You know, if the Predators decide to maybe shuffle up those top two lines, because mm-hmm. I think Granlund as sort of that two way center is somebody that can, I think, really lead by example when Tomasino's out there, maybe help him with some of his defensive shortcomings and also just kind of be a general eraser for him a little bit. I think that's a very interesting proposal. 
in my mind, I would I would keep him with or I would put him with Ryan Johansson. But I do like the idea of Granlin because I do think Granlin kind of can cover a multitude of sins or just one or two if that's what Tomasino, you know, has a lapse or whatever. But I, I agree with you. I feel like Tomasino had a game that looked the most like his typical game compared to all of the other guys on the roster in game one. Now, like he didn't light the world on fire, but it looked the most like his game. And I feel like for being this young player who this is his first big NHL playoff experience, which is something we've heard from the coaches and all that. I feel like he really appeared cool in the game. Like, I don't feel like he had stars in his eyes and, and, was hesitant, like maybe some of the veterans were. So I agree with you. I'd like to see a little bit more of Phil Tomasino. The other person I would love to see tonight, and I don't know that we will, and this is not something that I thought I would say March 21st, is Jeremy Lazon. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, never thought that that was a sentence I would say this season or next season or possibly ever. Yeah. But I would love to see Jeremy Lazan. He has come in. He fits so well with the system and with what Hines wants these players to do. And defensively, I think there are a few guys that could step out of the lineup. You know, I would I would take Benning out and put Lazan in. That's just me. But again, he is listed as um, what what is he listed as? Uh, I, I did, don't. I don't know, but they did send Jeremy Davies back to Milwaukee. They did. Today. Maybe that's a sign. A lot of people, other just you know, pointed out Milwaukee's playoffs start tomorrow, and you'd rather right. have them there, especially if you have you know somebody like Ben Harper who would step in at a pinch. Dear God, um, you know. But I I'm really so like <laughs> I I really liked Lazan over the past. Uh, Yes. To the season, I thought he certainly was better than a lot of people thought he was going to be. Um, and you know what? He does sort of provide that identity that John Hines wants. You know, he's a he's a bruising defenseman. He's kind of a stay at home guy. Uh, he's certainly not going to blow you away with any sort of, you know, zone exit metrics or. Right. You know, he's sort of those like defensive microstats. But, hey, he blocks shots. You know, he gets into passing lanes. He's not afraid to use his body in front of the net. And yeah, I mean, that's, there is value in that. I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everybody talks about the Lightning kind of being like an analytical, um, you know, best defense is a good offense kind of philosophy team. And they won their first cup two years ago with Luke Shen and Zach Bogosian on the blue line. And they mm -hmm. used them effectively. So to me, Lazan can kind of be that player for the Predators, not just this postseason, but long term. I agree. I think he was a great pickup. Didn't think so maybe at the time, but from what we've seen from him, I think he is part of, if he is healthy and able to go, he is part of putting the best Predators team on the ice tonight. Real quick and just real quick. Who oh, starts Lord. the goal? <laughs> um. Who do I think should start in goal or who starts in goal? Those just are a, just a prediction. Me. We've we've gone over who we think should start. Um, honestly, I would not be surprised if Riddick got the start. I would not be surprised. I would like to see Ingram. I would not be surprised to see Riddick. How about you? I, I think it's got to be Riddick. No, I mean, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's got to be Ingram. Yeah. 
It's got to be Ingram. I think John Hines knows it's got to be Ingram. Yeah. Uh, and if it, if it's not, tune in tomorrow on the Lockdown <laughs> Podcast, everybody. Yeah, oh. it's, we'll have some stuff to talk about. No, I think yeah. it should be Ingram. Yeah. But I can see a scenario where it is not Ingram. So. Yeah. Uh, so one other thing that's been going around the internet lately is this sort of narrative comments from not just abs fans, but national writers that the Predators are, quote, gooning it up. Talk about that. Plus, hey, a look at some of the other playoff series going around the NHL, because, hey, it's not just the Predators, people. <laughs> That's right. First, we want to talk to you about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. Get your fancy hats out. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So here's sort of the narrative. And if you're watching this, you might have watched yesterday's episode. Uh, and you might want to read through some of the YouTube comments and you'll see where we're getting this from. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrative that the Predators are quote unquote gooning it up this whole thing started when jack on um mm-hmm. again smart you know tactical hockey person puts out a great newsletter absolutely dumb tweet on a multitude <laughs> of levels that said, that said first off a the preds only chance of winning the series is gooning it up and then basically suggested that as a you know, sort of a preventative measure that they would have the Avs go after somebody like Roman Yossi or like Philip Forsberg or Matt Duchesne or something. So in one sentence, you're blasting the Predators for gooing it up and then advocating for, you know, taking out the Predators' best players. So that's what started. Um, yeah. We, we, at the time, we didn't pay much attention to that. We had a comment. That was it. Um, after game one, We've seen it from the Avs Espionation site, which I don't know who pissed in their coffee, but they have been something this whole series. Uh, we've seen it from Avs fans, you know, just mm-hmm. saying, oh, game one, prove the Predators are gooning it up. Would Would you like to lead the commentary on this one, Anne? Sweet baby Jesus, I would. Yes. Okay. First of all, I hate that phrase that's dismissive of a style of hockey that is effective. The Predators do play a physical game. And what we hear, the argument for this theory is that the Predators are first in penalty minutes. That's a fact. We know that. We're first in penalty minutes. We're first in average penalty minutes per game. You know, we have the top player, Mark Borvietsky. We have the number three player, Tanner Janot. And Luke Cunnan is 14 in the league because he just can't help himself. He's in the top half of the league in something. In something. So there is a stat for Luke Cunnan. So I get where you're pulling this narrative from if you're just looking at stats. But the whole idea that, first of all, Nashville is headhunting is ridiculous. If we look at fines and suspensions for this season, there have been a total of 95 games 
that have, you know, that people have been suspended for over $3 million in fines. There've been 33 suspensions or fines given this season for, you know, bad plays. The Colorado Avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog was suspended two games and fined $70,000 for boarding Kirby Dock in October. The Nashville Predators suspensions, zero. Yeah. So, and here's the thing. We have a ton of penalty minutes because we, you know, there are scrums. And, you know, if you start it, we'll finish it. I mean, that's just, we will. And it's a physical brand of hockey that gets under the skin of competitors. And this is the result of it. But the idea that Nashville has gotten to where they are because they goon it up is bullshit. You have two players with 40 plus goals, first time ever in franchise history. You have Roman Yossi blasting franchise records and by the way, climbing up NHL history records for his play. You have UC Soros having one of his great seasons. He was top 10 in save percentage. So to come out and say that the success of Nashville Predators is because they goon it up and they headhunt is ridiculous. Like we're a physical hockey team. You are not going to like, we're not speed and, and suave. Like we know who we are, but the idea that this predators team got to where they are by headhunting and cheap shots is a bunch of bunk. Well, and it's also coming from a team who, by the way, has a player on it who has been suspended six times in his career who missed all of last playoffs because he was suspended for eight games. We're talking about Nazem Kadri. And it's funny when you go back and, you know, Kadri gets called or is in the middle of everything, the Avs writers, you know, complain about his reputation. They're like, oh, they're only doing this because, you know, anything involving Nazem Kadri is so unfair. <laughs> It's but you're talking about the reputation of the Preds for gooning it up while you have while you're trying to defend the reputation of a guy that's gooned it up. And like you said, Landis Cog suspended earlier this season for a disgusting hit. And you know what? That's the thing that bothers me. And uh, I will try to bring this back to a centered place. Um, Might need more Captain Morgan. Who knows? Mm hmm. Uh, I'll try to bring this back into place by saying this. I think the thing that bothers me the most about this narrative is that when it happens to the Preds or literally any other team, it's just a hockey play. You know, when when Evgeny Malkin hit Mark Borowiecki in the face and got suspended for that, the the comment from a lot of people, not just Penguins fans, was... Mm -hmm. I see it was like, oh, I see that happen all the time. Uh, when Milan Lucic took a cheap shot, that was an absolute cheap shot. 100%. The puck was gone. Shane's back was to Lucic against the boards, and Lucic boarded him. There wasn't any talk about, oh, the flames are gooning it up. The talk was, you know, what was it? You, we saw it on like TSN. It was like, wow, what's your one word to describe this big hit? Or like, ooh, DeShane seeing stars after that. No, you talked about it like, wow, it was like some amazing play. That was a cheap shot. 
Right. You go all the way back. Robert Bortuzzo. How many times have we heard like, you know, the narrative around that, even though Bortuzzo got suspended was I didn't see it was a big deal. It was just a battle in front of the net. It happens to everybody. Go back to Sidney Crosby, Stanley Cup uh, Finals, 2017. Take it home. P.K. Subban's head into the ice. CBS posts that video with a clip of funny moment. Like they use the word funny moment in the clip. Uh, Phil Kessel took a two-handed swing at P.K. Subban in the same playoffs with his stick. No one mentioned that. The narrative about the Nashville Predators being a goonish team is only happening when the Nashville Predators be physical to another team. When somebody actually does take a cheap shot, whenever anybody does take liberties with the Nashville Predators, it is for some reason a just a normal hockey play. And that to me is the biggest thing. If you're going to say goon it up, then let's go back and look at everything that you have done. Yes. You know, or we can just call it as it is. This is going to be a physical series. We have people who like to throw the body, who like to make hits. And yeah, they lead the NHL in fights. Let's don't start what you can't finish. Yeah, don't you know what? There's a message to you. And never my favorite thing is like everybody's like, oh, you've done it now. You've unleashed Curtis McDermott. Curtis McDermott sucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Also, look at it like, yeah, he's lost like 50% of the fights he's been in. I don't think Tanner Janot is afraid of Curtis McDermott. Tanner Janot's not afraid of anything. Yeah. Like, let's just be real. Like, Yaakov, he's his, yeah. Yakov Trenin was the guy that took down Zdeno Chara twice. The Preds aren't scared of Curtis McDermott. Yeah. Well, but and here's the other Here's the other thing that I just want to say for the people who have not watched the Nashville Predators this season and then say, oh, they're gooning it up because look at these penalty minutes. Y'all, we suck at stupid things like tripping. We are ridiculously bad at high sticking. And it's not because we goon it up. It's because they are undisciplined. I wish all of our penalties were for fights and roughs. Wouldn't that be amazing? We are, th- this team, God bless the Nashville Predators. They do dumb things. You want to talk about why we have so many penalties? Because they're dumb sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Stop trust with us. that we, narrative. We wish the Predators oh. doomed it up compared to the stuff that actually happens that gets us these penalties. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's dumb and i think it's coming from people who never watch the national predators outside of games against the colorado avalanche which hey by the way are division rivals maybe this all stems from uh the matthias ekholm miko rantan helmet thing from back in november oh i still remember that you know i do good good times had by all Mm -hmm. uh this isn't the only playoff series going around. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. Um, some interesting games and series so far. And has there any been uh, anything around the league that's jumped out to you in terms of other playoff series going on? Well, I loved uh, game two only because the Nashville Predators weren't involved in this between the Bruins and the Hurricanes. Like, oh, my goodness. Um it was so chippy. You lost Ranta after a collision with Pasternak. That was a whole thing. Um, and then uh, Rod Brindamore, after the game, kind of pot stirred as he is wont to do by saying. That doesn't you know, when he sound would... like Rod Brindamore. 
I know. I know. I know. He stepped outside of himself and when asked whether he thought it was intentional, said, what do you think? It can't get more obvious. Potster. Love it. Um, Svechnikov took out Lindholm on a board hit. And, you know, so that was a brouhaha. And then my favorite hockey moment of the night was, you know, last night in all these games that went on was when the third string goalie for Carolina came in and just took took on Brad Marchand. Like he was taking none of Marchand's shit. And I am here for people who do not take his poop. So a hundred percent like whacked at him, did get a penalty for, you know, a slash, but you know, again, don't start what you can't finish there, Marchand. (laughs) So Uh, it was chippy, so chippy. You know, everybody's kind of predicting, you know, we've seen like Colorado, Calgary, Florida, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even Toronto has been mentioned as kind of cup favorites. People seem to be really sleeping on the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes. Uh, And they have proved it, you know, over these first two games against the Bruins, who the Bruins are no slouches. I mean, look, they had their third string goalie in who, you know, in his credit, has played really well Mm -hmm. uh, since Freddie Anderson went out with an injury. Um, You know, it's not like putting an e-bug out there. Right. But, you know, you you lose your top two goalies and you still look absolutely unbeatable. Like, they Mm -hmm. have such a solid offense. Their defense has really stymied the Bruins this series. So, to me, Carolina really has the makings of a team that I think could win – the Stanley cup Um, also just for fun, like just as a fun series, St. Louis versus something else. Yeah. I mean, that. what do you talk about sort of a identity hockey going at it? And that's the blues versus Minnesota. And uh, let me tell you what, you know, if if Colorado winds up winning this series, it's going to be a crazy round two. If you think the Preds playing physical equates to us gooning it up, wait till you go against the St. Louis <laughs> Blues. Uh, yes. Because that is a team that will break you in half and then gloat to your mom about it. Oh, gosh. They really will. You're not wrong. Like, they will. And the, their, that matchup, those two teams together – is just a powder keg. I I am loving that series. In my mind, though, I just keep thinking instead of the Minnesota Wild, I like to think of them as like the Nashville Predators 2.0 because they steal our people and then our people flourish. Yeah. Hey, and all it hey, what was the thing for Preds fans is we didn't want to become the Minnesota Wild. Like that was their big thing yeah. was urging a rebuild. Hey, all Look you at need, us now. All you need is one Carl Kaprizov. Just find yeah. one Carl Kaprizov and you're good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting tonight. Uh, how many overtimes do you think uh, the Penguins and Rangers go to this time around? They and, are going to be gassed. And is Louis Domingue going to have more spicy pork and broccoli? Oh, gosh. I can't even talk about that. I'm just for real. Did can't you get, talk oh, about that. Do you get heartburn just like thinking about I, how, I how do. you had to like go on the ice and play a triple overtime hockey game after eating Chinese food? I just can't. First of all, I can't imagine eating anything spicy. It's just not my jam. But to do that 
and then go out and be in an NHL playoff game for 857 years with that in your gut. Like there's not enough Tums in the world. Crazy. Uh, should be interesting. We'll talk about the Preds Avs recap tomorrow, but if anything wild happens in some of these other NHL games, we're also throughout the course of the playoffs. Doesn't matter how early or late the Predators get eliminated. We're still going to break down everything that happened in the NHL playoffs. So be sure you're tuning in. Um, even if you're not a huge Predators or Avalanche fan, or if the teams get eliminated early, whatever, uh, we're going to be here every day throughout the playoffs. Lots of shenanigans will be afoot, mm -hmm. so be sure you're tuning in. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow, recap Preds Avs game two. Hopefully, the Captain Morgan bottle doesn't come out this time. Uh, and in the meantime, where can we see your stuff online? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com, and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at onthefortjack.com as well. Uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. That helps more people find this channel. And just let us know what you thought of the show. Leave a comment. Give us a thumbs up. Or if you hated something we said or you think the Preds do goon it up, uh, hey, keep, keep chiming in. It helps the algorithm. Appreciate you. <laughs> Joke's on you, buddy. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll see you tomorrow for some Game 2 recap.